Section 1, Chapters 1 through 7 of the Second Apology of St. Justin Martyr. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by M. White. The Second Apology by St. Justin Martyr. Translated by Alexander Roberts et al. Chapters 1 through 7. Chapter 1, Introduction. Romans, the things which have recently happened in your city under Ubicius, and the things which are likewise being everywhere unreasonably done by the governors, have compelled me to frame this composition for your sakes, who are men of like passions, and brethren, though ye know it not, and though ye be unwilling to acknowledge it on account of your glorying in what you esteem dignities. For everywhere, whoever is corrected by father, or neighbor, or child, or friend, or brother, or husband, or wife, for a fault, for being hard to move, for loving pleasure, and being hard to urge to what is right, except those who have been persuaded that the unjust and intemperate shall be punished in eternal fire, but that the virtuous and those who lived like Christ shall dwell with God in a state that is free from suffering, we mean those who have become Christians, and the evil demons who hate us, and who keep such men as these subject to themselves, and serving them in the capacity of judges, incite them, as rulers actuated by evil spirits, to put us to death, but that the cause of all that has taken place under wishes might become quite plain to you, I will relate what has been done. Chapter 2 Urbicious Condemns the Christians to Death a certain woman lived with an intemperate husband, she herself, too, having formerly been intemperate. But when she came to the knowledge of the teachings of Christ, she became sober-minded, and endeavored to persuade her husband likewise to be temperate, citing the teachings of Christ, and assuring him that there shall be punishment and eternal fire inflicted upon those who do not live temperately and conformably to right reason. But he, continuing in the same excesses, alienated his wife from him by his actions, for she, considering it wicked to live any longer as a wife with a husband who sought in every way means of indulging in pleasure contrary to the law of nature, and in violation of what is right, wished to be divorced from him. And when she was over-persuaded by her friends, who advised her still to continue with him, in the idea that some time or other her husband might give hope of amendment, she did violence to her own feeling, and remained with him. But when her husband had gone into Alexandria, and was reported to be conducting himself worse than ever before, she, that she might not, by continuing in matrimonial connection to him, and by sharing his table in his bed, become a partaker also in his wickedness and impieties, gave him what you call a bill of divorce, and was separated from him. But this noble husband of hers, while he ought to have been rejoicing that those actions which formerly she unhesitatingly committed with the servants and hirelings, when she delighted in drunkenness and every vice, she had now given up, and desired that he too could give up the same, when she had gone from him without his desire, brought an accusation against her, affirming that she was a Christian, and she presented a paper to thee, the emperor, requesting that first she be permitted to arrange her affairs, and afterwards to make any defense against the accusation, when her affairs were set in order, and this you granted. And her quondam husband, since he was now no longer able to prosecute her, directed his assaults against a man, Ptolemaeus, whom Ubicius punished, and who had been her teacher in the Christian doctrines. And this he did in the following way. He persuaded a centurion, who had cast Ptolemaeus into prison, and who was friendly to himself, 
to take Ptolemaeus and interrogate him on his sole point, whether he were a Christian. And Ptolemaeus, being a lover of truth and not of a deceitful or false disposition, when he confessed himself to be a Christian, was bound by the centurion, and for a long time punished in the prison. And at last, when the man came to Urbicius, he was asked this one question only, whether he was a Christian. And again, being conscious of his duty and the nobility of it through the teaching of Christ, he confessed his discipleship in the divine virtue. For he who denies anything either denies it because he condemns the thing itself, or he shrinks from confession because he is conscious of his own unworthiness or alienation from it, neither of which cases is that of the true Christian. And when Urbicius ordered him to be led away to punishment, one Lucius, who was also himself a Christian, seeing the unreasonable judgment that had thus been given, said to Urbicius, What is the ground of this judgment? Why have you punished this man, not as an adulterer, nor fornicator, nor murderer, nor thief, nor robber, nor convicted of any crime at all, but who has only confessed that he is called by the name of Christian? This judgment of yours, O Urbicius, does not become the Emperor Pius, nor the philosopher, the son of Caesar, nor the sacred senate. And he said nothing else in answer to Lucius than this, You also seem to me to be such a one. And when Lucius answered, Most certainly I am, he again ordered him also to be led away. And he professed his thanks, knowing that he was delivered from such wicked rulers, and was going to the Father and King of the heavens, and still a third having come forward, was condemned to be punished. Chapter 3. Justin Accuses Christians of Ignorant Prejudice Against the Christians. I, too, therefore, expect to be plotted against and fixed to the stake by some of those I have named, or perhaps by Christians, that lover of bravado and boasting, for the man is not worthy of the name of philosopher who publicly bears witness against us in matters which he does not understand, saying that the Christians are atheists and impious, and doing so to win favor with the deluded mob and to please them. For if he assails us without having read the teachings of Christ, he is thoroughly depraved, and far worse than the illiterate, who often refrain from discussing or bearing false witness about matters they do not understand or if he has read them and does not understand the majesty that is in them or understanding it acts thus that he may not be suspected of being such a christian he is far more base and thoroughly depraved being conquered by illiberal and unreasonable opinion and fear for i would have you to know that i proposed to him certain questions on this subject and interrogated him and found most convincingly that he in truth knows nothing and to prove that I speak the truth, I am ready, if these disputations have not been reported to you, to conduct them again in your presence, and this would be an act worthy of a prince. But if my questions and his answers have been made known to you, you are already aware that he is acquainted with none of our matters, or if he is acquainted with them, but, through fear of those who might hear him, does not dare to speak out, like Socrates, he proves himself, as I said before, no philosopher, but an opinionated man. At least he does not regard that Socratic and most admirable saying, but a man must in no wise be honored before the truth. But it is impossible for a cynic who makes indifference his end to know any good but indifference. Chapter 4. Why the Christians do not kill themselves. But lest some one say to us, 
Go then, all of you, and kill yourselves, and pass even now to God, and do not trouble us. I will tell you why we do not do so, but why, when examined, we fearlessly confess. We have been taught that God did not make the world aimlessly, but for the sake of the human race. And we have before stated that he takes pleasure in those who imitate his properties, and is displeased with those that embrace what is worthless either in word or deed. If, then, we all kill ourselves, we shall become the cause, as far as in us lies, why no one should be born, or instructed in the divine doctrines, or even why the human race should not exist. And we shall, if we so act, be ourselves acting in opposition to the will of God. But when we are examined, we make no denial, because we are not conscious of any evil, but count it impious not to speak the truth in all things, which also we know is pleasing to God, and because we are also now very desirous to deliver you from an unjust prejudice. Chapter 5. How the Angels Transgressed but if this idea take possession of someone, that if we acknowledge God as our helper, we should not, as we say, be oppressed and persecuted by the wicked, this too I will solve. God, when he had made the whole earth, and subjugated things earthly to man, and arranged the heavenly elements for the increase of fruit and rotation of the seasons, and appointed this divine law, for these things also he evidently made for man, committed the care of men and of all things under heaven to angels, whom he appointed over them. But the angels transgressed this appointment, and were captivated by love of women, and begat children, who are those that are called demons. And besides, they afterwards subdued the human race to themselves, partly by magical writings, and partly by fears and the punishments they occasioned, and partly by teaching them to offer sacrifices, and incense, and libations, of which things they stood in need after they were enslaved by lustful passions. And among men they sowed murderers, wars, adulteries, intemperate deeds, and all wickedness. Whence also the poets and mythologists, not knowing that it was the angels and those demons who had been begotten by them, that did these things to men and women and cities and nations which they related, ascribed them to God himself, and to those who were accounted to be his very offspring, and to the offspring of those who were called his brothers, Neptune and Pluto, and to the children again of these their offspring. For whatever name each of the angels had given to himself and his children, by that name they called them. Chapter 6. Names of God and of Christ, Their Meaning and Power But to the Father of all, who is unbegotten, there is no name given, for by whatever name he be called, he has as his elder the person who gives him the name. But these words, Father, and God, and Creator, and Lord, and Master, are not names, but appellations derived from his good deeds and functions. And his Son, who alone is properly called Son, the Word, who also was with him and was begotten before the works, when at first he created and arranged all things by him, is called Christ in reference to his being anointed, and God's ordering all things through him, this name itself also containing an unknown significance, as also the appellation God is not a name, but an opinion implanted in the nature of men of a thing that can hardly be explained. 
but jesus his name as man and savior has also significance for he was made man also as we before said having been conceived according to the will of god the father for the sake of believing men and for the destruction of the demons and now you can learn this from what is under your own observation for numberless demoniacs throughout the whole world and in your city many of our christian men exercising them in the name of jesus christ who was crucified under pontius pilate have healed and do heal rendering helpless and driving the possessing devils out of the men though they could not be cured by all the other exorcists and those who use incantations and drugs chapter seven the word preserved for the sake of christians man's responsibility wherefore god delays causing the confusion and destruction of the whole world by which the wicked angels and demons and men shall cease to exist because of the seed of the christians who know that they are the cause of preservation in nature since if it were not so it would not have been possible for you to do these things and to be impelled by evil spirits but the fire of judgment would descend and utterly dissolve all things even as formerly the flood left no one but him only with his family who is by us called noah and by you Deucalion, from whom again such vast numbers have sprung some of them evil and others good for so we say that there will be the conflagration but not as the stoics according to their doctrine of all things being changed into one another which seems most degrading but neither do we affirm that it is by fate that men do what they do or suffer what they suffer but that each man by free choice acts rightly or sins and that it is by the influence of the wicked demons that earnest men such as socrates and the like suffer persecution and are in bods while sardapolis epicurus and the like seem to be blessed in abundance and glory the stoics not observing this maintain that all things take place according to the necessity of fate but since god in the beginning made the race of angels and men with free will they will justly suffer in eternal fire the punishment of whatever sins they have committed and this is the nature of all that is made to be capable of vice and virtue for neither would any of them be praiseworthy unless there were power to turn to both virtue and vice and this also is shown by those men everywhere who have made laws and philosophized according to right reason by their prescribing to do some things and refrain from others even the stoic philosophers in their doctrine of morals steadily honor the same things so that it is evident that they are not very felicitous in what they say about principles and incorporeal things for if they say that human actions come to pass by fate they will maintain either that god is nothing else than the things which are ever turning and altering and dissolving into the same things and will appear to have had a comprehension only of things that are destructible and to have looked on god himself as emerging both in part and in whole in every wickedness or that neither vice nor virtue is anything which is contrary to every sound idea reason and sense end of section one chapters one through seven recording by m white